It's Vancouver's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Robert Smigel coming to you today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Justice Palmer is the founder and managing director of Fortuna Investments, a Vancouver-based private capital firm specializing in venture capital investments. It has raised more than $300 million for 125 early-stage companies and facilitated the IPO of 24 companies, blockchain, renewable energy, and lithium exploration. A strong believer in giving back, Justice is an active board member and fundraiser for Face of Today and Youth Education Farms and the Justice Palmer Group Scholarship Foundation. Well, Justice, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Robert, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Sure. So that's a yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, so I'm actually born and raised on on the west coast of uh, Canada. I'm, I'm born in a small town called Duncan, Duncan, uh, British Columbia, which would be on uh, Vancouver Island. Um, but for the last 15 years, I've, I've you know moved and, and resided in, in Vancouver. Uh, I guess most recently, as I was mentioning to you before, um, I, I've bought a house in Los Angeles. So I've been splitting, splitting time between Vancouver and, and LA. Um, some of the details about, uh, I guess, my firm. I think you did a very good job of, of kind of explaining the broad strokes of it. Um, yeah, we're a venture capital fund. Uh, we're a firm who, who believe in people and ideas and, and, and businesses. And so we're the, you know, the venture, kind of the, the capital arm to help grow people's entrepreneurs' businesses. Um, and I think, as you kind of mentioned, I've, you know, been a, you know, part of many go public strategies. I've, you know, helped a ton of companies go public. I've you know raised a ton of capital, and so currently we're we're not taking outside capital, and we're just investing our, our own firm capital. Um, also, I've been recognized as one of um, you know business in Vancouver's top 40, under 40 individuals this year. So I'm very grateful for that. Okay, now did you need financing to start your company, and how do you currently make money in your business now? Uh, yeah, so that, that's a good question as well. So uh, for sure, I, I, I yeah, Fortuna for Investments certainly did need capital to get going initially. Um, I guess fortunately, it, it was my own capital that, that, that funded it, so I, I didn't actually have to go to, uh, you know, the Royal Bank of Canada or a credit union or, or my buddies or my parents to, to get that capital. Um, you know, I've been a part of some pretty successful, you know, kind of major deals in, in Canada here. You know, 30 million to a billion. That's that's pretty big kind of ROI. Um, that company is now public and it trades about 1.4, 1.5 billion dollars on on any given day. So, you know, fortunately, as a result of you know some good investments, some some great, very good dealings, I, I you know was able to use my own capital to fund things like office space, personnel, computers. I mean, all the certain things that that are required um, to to have a you know successful business off the ground. Okay, what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC or even Canada? 
Yeah, so it's, it's another good question. Um, so I guess first and foremost, yeah. So again, we, you know, we started as as kind of one person. You know, when I first got it going, um, we're up to over. I think, but I think we're twelve now. I think we're twelve in Vancouver. Uh, we just opened a Toronto office last month. Uh, very excited about that uh, in Yorkville at 99 Scholar Street. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Abby uh, is going to be running point for us in in, in Toronto. I think it's very important for us, for Fortuna Investments and, and you know companies out of the West Coast, to have a presence in Toronto. Um, say what you will, but it is the center of the you know financial universe, at least for for Canada. Um, so you know, having a presence there is very exciting for us. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on opening an office in Los Angeles as well too. You know, the LA, you know, the Southern California area is 20 million people. You know, so on a net net basis, there's you know a lot of very exciting things happening there. So I think it's imperative that again, just you know, having a Vancouver footprint is fine. You can do very well in Vancouver, as Lululemon started out doing. But beyond that, I, I think you need to start to grow, you know, nationally first, and then obviously internationally um, to really get a big, high profile for for whatever your business may be. Okay, well, we've learned a little bit about you, and we learned a little bit about Fortuna, but we want to talk about doing business in Vancouver. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Sure. Um, and again, so, you, so we're not talking about Fortuna's perspective. We're talking about more, you know, if you're a, you know, an entrepreneur who's yeah. got a you know, le- lemonade stand or... or right, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Sure, sure. What are the good things? What are the um, tough things? Well, okay, so I mean, yeah, I mean... Um, Look, and I can actually speak to that, you know, relatively well because, you know, as I say, like I, I've, I've been in Vancouver 15 years. Um, I've developed a solid network of people. I think there's a tremendous amount of talent in this city. I think everyone's very pro-business, um, you know, and if you do it right, whatever your, your, your sector is, again, don't discount the level of talent and energy and, and growth that's actually possible in Vancouver. Um, you know, so you can grow quite big and you can grow quite aggressively. But then again, I, I think as you, you pointed out, the flip of that is some of the challenges I think are, you know, on a net net scale, you know, Vancouver's big, it's, it's certainly bigger than Duncan. Um, but, you know, on a global scale, you know, it's not necessarily, a, you know, a New York or a Tokyo or a London or even necessarily a Toronto, right? So I just, I do think, you know, I, I think it's important to, you know, understand the landscape of, of Vancouver, but then also to start think bigger, and more kind of globally and internationally to, to really grow your, your, your business out. Okay. Now, you mentioned that you travel quite a bit, but when you're here in Vancouver, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired or think about ideas or your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, simple answer is is, is probably yes. Um, you know, I, I maybe I, myself, I don't. You know, uh, you, you won't necessarily catch me hiking, skiing, snowboarding every weekend. Um, I do actually go to a place quite religiously. Um, it's bordering addiction, but uh, no, it's, it's a place called Spin Society. Um, it is a uh, indoor cycling studio uh, on Granville Street in, in downtown Vancouver. Um, I love it. It's like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of my recharge time. You can't bring your cell phones in there. Uh, it's like 50 minutes. You've got great instructors. Um, it's not a plug for Spin Society. I just, I think, you know, anybody who's quite busy 
or um, got a lot on the go. It's, it's quite relaxing. The, the instructors are fantastic. It's kind of holistic in, in the sense that, you know, they inspire you with good ideas. And, and again, for me, it just clears my mind whether I've had a rough day or, you know, it's the beginning of a work week. It really helps me focus and kind of calibrate. Um, and then I guess in regards to the amount of rain in Vancouver, um, I actually don't mind it in the sense that, look, I mean, you know, I think anybody who's been in Vancouver in the summer, they think it's gorgeous, think it's beautiful. Um, but I think the fact is in the summer, everyone's too busy on, you know, on a boat or on a patio or in the park or doing something, you know, that's, that's very lifestyle oriented. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is that, you know, it's November, whatever the day is today, um, the rain actually helps people work because the weather's actually so miserable outside you can actually focus on getting a lot more work done because, you know, when you're outside, you might not be, you know, be able to actually get as much work done. Right. Okay. Well, we have a lot of international listeners. So this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Um... Again, so this is a, you know, I think a relative, you know, this is a, a question I could probably relate to as, as again, I'm, I'm a, I am a foreigner, I'm an outsider, I, I did not grow up in Vancouver, you know, I've had the benefit of being here in almost 15 years. Um, what worked for me um, was actually, you know, I, I had my first job at CIBC Bank, for example. And so, you know, being at a big company as an entrepreneur um, might not be the greatest, but what it allowed me to do is I met some very, very cool people working there. I met some great people who used to come into the bank. And just for somebody from the outside, it actually allowed me to kind of get my feet underneath me. I, I met, again, I met some very cool people. I've kind of figured out what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. And just kind of having that social network, I think that's very important if you're coming into a new city. Because, I mean, if, if you don't know anybody, the, the place is actually quite, quite lonely. Right. So you're saying you would network get out, circulate, find out what you, uh, use your job as a networking uh, Yeah, stage. I mean, exactly. And so, I mean, you know, on that note, you, you have to meet people. You have to put your yourself out there. Um, and again, what I found was I just, I happened to work at a kind of a bigger company, so it kind of allowed me to do that. But yeah, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to be meeting people, putting yourself out there. Um, that's the, the one of the, the, the major ways that you're able to, to grow as a person and, and as an entrepreneur. You always knew that you would get out there, even though you were with CIBC, you knew that some way down the line you would be an entrepreneur on your own, and you need to take those networks with you. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Yeah, um, look, my, my first hour is actually my most important hour, or, or certainly one of them. Um, that's the hour I'm kind of in the zone. Um, I do a lot of stuff in the stock market. The stock market opens in Toronto and New York at uh, 9.30. Uh, so that's 6.30 on the West Coast. It's very early. Um, you know, but I, I deal with a lot of guys who are in Toronto on the East Coast uh, internationally as well. So my first hours are quite hectic. Before the market opens, I need to check out all the news for the stocks. I need to get back to emails. i got to message the people, return emails, call people. So my first hour, um, I get a lot done and it allows me to kind of knock off a lot of tasks and then start my day. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, I'll have breakfast at home real quick and then I'll, I'll head into the office. But, you know, throughout the course of my day, that, that first hour certainly sets the tone and it sets the, the kind of the mood for the day. So your day starts at what, 5? Ah, it's, my, my alarm's on at 5.20. 5.20. 5.20. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> that gets you going. Yeah. Okay. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Um, I don't think you have to be weird or necessarily unique. Um, I think what I will say is I think you do need certain attributes and they don't necessarily need to be inherited. I think they can be learned. Um, I think you definitely need confidence. Um, you know, I, I know it's not for everyone. You have to, um, you know, essentially be fearless in a certain way where, um, you know, there's a lot of rejection, there's a lot of failure. You have to be kind of used to taking no and figuring out, you know, solutions, um, you know, from those. But you have to be a self-starter. You have to be fairly confident. Um, and again, if you can get it all tied together and you work very hard, it, it can be extremely rewarding. So entrepreneurs read a lot. We all know that. What books are you reading now and why? Or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books to, uh, for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I read a fair amount. Um, and instead of giving, you know, a, a classic like, I don't know, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich or, or you know, something like that, I'm, I'm looking at a different book on my desk. It's uh, The King of Oil by, by Mark Rich. I haven't finished it yet, but it's, it's been a good read thus far. Um, in my business, it's not necessarily the timeless stuff like these, these, these other you know, books that have been around for a while that are great motivation and great success. Um, I currently focus more on reading anything and everything pertaining to current trends. So I'll give you an example. Like for example, we're heavy, as you mentioned at the beginning, we're super heavy in, in the medicinal cannabis space. We think it's going to be a global trend, global phenomena. It's not going anywhere. And so knowing that and, and knowing that we're not only investing in Vancouver or in Canada, we're investing internationally, I need to know more than everybody else out there and I need to know more than my competition. So it, whether that's me, you know, reading the front of the Vancouver Sun, me going to an airport, seeing cannabis on the front of time, me getting an article from my buddy from a blog. I mean, so again, so I immerse myself in current information, current trends, become a specialist and try and know more than everyone else out there. And that's what makes me an expert in, in the certain field that I'm investing in. Any online or offline tools that you use on a daily basis? Um, I'm fairly old-fashioned. Um, I know I'm only 35. Um, I did have a birthday last week, actually, so I'm 36. But um, I'm very old school in the sense that, you know, if you've ever taken a meeting with me, I, I'm a very pen and paper type of guy. Um, so those are often tools that are kind of very basic so you're, but, te you're, uh, you're technically young at 35, paper and pen. Do people ever <laughs> say to you why? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, all these, you know, all these guys, they, they look at me like I'm crazy when I'm you know, physically taking notes and doing things. And they're telling me, no, no, you can just do this as quick on your phone or you have these gadgets. And, you know, you get business cards. I manually upload them or have my assistant do them. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're right. Uh, but what I've actually learned, I mean, Robert, what I've learned is, Hey, you know, I'm doing okay. I, I've got an iPhone that does virtually every single thing you can imagine. Uh, I'm talking to you on my iPhone right now, um, whether it's me scheduling my calendar, me returning emails, me pulling up information, um, you know, me being abroad in Costa Rica, Dubai, you name it. This iPhone is actually quite remarkable here in 2018 where you can, it actually allows you to do anything and everything um, you would be need able to do as, as a successful entrepreneur. Okay, let's talk about how you relax. How do you balance work, and how do you relax and not think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do in BC? There are a lot you can do here. Do you ski? Do you bike? Do you kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? 
Yeah, so I mean, um, all the above. I mean, uh, again, so uh, the listeners, I mean, who have not had a chance to come to you know beautiful British Columbia, I, I sincerely encourage you to do so. It's, it's, it's I think, it's the most beautiful place in Canada. You, you know, you can do all those activities that, that you mentioned. Uh, I have not tried kayaking yet. I would like to, um, but with the exception of that, yeah, I, you know, I'm an outdoors guy. Um, I think, fortunately, I've, I've kind of developed my practice in a way where. I don't necessarily divide work and um, my my kind of relaxing life or social life, you know, much in the way I, maybe I used to when I was a young guy at CIBC Bank, where it's like, oh, hey, I'm working. I start at nine, I finish at five. Now this is my social time. Um, being an entrepreneur or as a business owner or an, you know an investor, things don't actually end at you know start or end at a certain time. And so I've you know been you know graced by the you know good luck of God to. You know, have, go for nice dinners with colleagues and friends and, you know, enjoy, you know, because we, we're actually in a pretty special place here in, in, in Vancouver, British Columbia. Right. Okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? If I was not doing what I'm doing now, what would I like to do as a profession? Yeah. What else would you be doing? What else would I be doing? Um, I've always had an affinity for the law. I, I guess um, I was thought, or I pictured myself going to law school for for one reason or another. I, I didn't actually go that road. I ended up kind of more businessy, but um, it's always kind of been a passion of mine. I'm, I'm you know, I'm very kind of analytical. Um, you know, I, I like winning. I don't like injustice. Um, funny enough, over the weekend there's a uh, a documentary called um, Making a Murder Part Two. Um, I, I turned it on at about ten o'clock at night on Friday. Fast forward, it's about four in the morning. I watched six episodes. I slept for a few hours. I watched the other four or five, and I, you know, I banged out this whole thing. Um, kind of embarrassed to say so in a, in a short period of time. But again, you know, it's a legal show. It's it's very interesting. If you guys haven't had a chance to, to watch it, it's a very interesting documentary on, on Netflix. But yeah, so I mean, look, I, the, the law has always been kind of passionate to me. I always, you know, liked understanding it. It's important as an entrepreneur and in many businesses understanding that. And, and again, if I could. You know, maybe do it all over again. Maybe I'd, I'd like to, you know, explore, a, a, you know, a field that's more legal oriented. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Oh, um, honestly, right now I, I can never go back to nine to five. I, I would not, I'd never, never, never be able to go back to nine to five. Um, it was good for the time. It was good structure. You know, I might not have known any better at the time, but um, again, for me, things don't. You know, work or entrepreneurship does not start at a certain time and end at a certain time. Um, and I guess if you kind of grasp that or wrap your head around that, you know, to then work those hours, you, you kind of feel not fulfilled. Um, so yeah, anything that's got a start, you know hard start and a hard finish, I just I, I couldn't I, I could not do it probably a nine to five uh, mm. anymore. Do you have a wind down time? Like you figure anything past ten o'clock, you want to wind down, or, or there is no structure uh, it's you know look i mean look i try and go to bed at a reasonable hour but it always changes i mean especially in the kind of the business i'm in it's very fast paced you know we're trying to win deals we're trying to you know make investments most of our you know a lot of our investments are different time zones so we're having to stay up to talk to people in germany um but yes yeah, so, you know rob i mean simple answer is no there's no real concrete time on, on when i try and shut it down um, I do try and take some time for myself, whether it's you know, late at night or on a Sunday afternoon or something, just to kind of relax and unwind, because I do think it's important to, to be fresh, um, you know, mentally, because, again, I've got colleagues and stuff who, 
you know, who grind themselves like 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 crazy, and then you, you see them after they're just so run down, and, and there's no joy or solace in that either. Right. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? In business, um, well, if you ever walk around my office in Vancouver, you, you'll probably, uh, you'll, yeah, you'll probably hear the word "wow," "wow," or, or "massive." You know, and they're I guess somewhat interchangeable. Um, but yeah, you know, because we're always trying to find big ideas, we're trying to do big deals, we're we're trying to do things bigger and better. So, um, you know, we we say "wow" and, and probably "massive." Uh, uh, quite a bit, and, and it's kind of a, a staple around here. But yeah, what is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Oh, least favorite word is no. Never ever want to hear no. I don't like no. It's not in my vocabulary. Um, again, the people in this office can probably attest to it better than I can. But like, we don't like hearing no. Um, we're in the results business. We're in the solutions business. And so, again, if you know colleagues of mine or, or people that work for me come to me and say, "No, we can't do this." you better have a very good answer of why we can't do that because I'm more actually interested in the solution or kind of getting around that objection than just being so fixated on, on no. So if they're, they're coming into your office and they kind of think they're going to say no, they pretty well know that it's not, that's not a good idea. Oh, it's a terrible idea. They don't even come in anymore. Sometimes they'll just send emails. No, no, that's, uh, they stay away. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? If I were to choose one or two words to describe myself, um, I'll, I'll give you a, kind of a series of words. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm okay. very motivated, very motivated. Um, I'm very, you know, I think I'm successful. I'm very passionate. Um, and again, as I kind of mentioned before, I, like I, I love winning. I, you know, I don't think anybody likes losing, but you know, I've kind of set it up in a way where you know, if all else equal, why would you not want to win? And it's very easy to win once you have the right tools and infrastructure and people around you and you're, you're passionate about something. Um, you know, we just we, we want to excel. We have a commitment to excellence and we just want to we want to kill it at every kind of opportunity. OK, what keeps you up at night, if anything? What keeps me up? Um, what keeps me up is probably not a it's not a fear related kind of like, oh, no, what keeps me up? I'm scared of this or I'm scared of that. It's probably actually the inverse what, what actually keeps me up and, and kind of screws me up sometime where you know again i don't sleep as well as I, maybe i should um but i'm actually quite eager like i'm excited for the next day like i know i've got a lot of stuff to do but it's not a fearful way like i'm, I'm eager to okay great i've got this meeting got that i'm gonna prep for this or oh no i, I can't wait for the morning because i gotta call this guy and so it's, it's actually like a, a genuine like in you know enthusiasm or eagerness to uh you know start that next day so i think that's what probably if anything um keeps me up at night Okay, I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be travel more, this could be a TEDx talk, this could be writing a book, this could be philanthropy, anything like that? Um, yeah, um, I mean, a couple, like, I mean, I'd, I'd, I, I love U.S. presidents. I'd, you know, love the opportunity to have lunch or, you know, meet Barack Obama or spend some time picking his brain. I think that would be ultra cool. I think he's a very intelligent guy and he's probably seen more than than you know all of us combined and so you know mentorship and just you know learning from people that have experienced cool things is is, is something you know on an inspired list um you know i, I think beyond that like, you know career-wise i think we're, we're already growing nicely you know with fortuna into you know as i mentioned toronto los angeles i think that's you know well on its way um you know personally as i mentioned you know i, I um uh, you know i'd love to start a family one day i'd love to kind of instill some of the values and 
learnings and, and education that maybe my parents have taught me and that I've also learned and I'd love to you know, continue that on. I think that's very, or it should be very rewarding. Um, and then uh, I think you mentioned, uh, yeah, so travel, I mean, travel? I, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. yeah, travel, I travel a ton. I mean, I, I'm good with travel. I've been to you know, most places around the world, so I think I'm okay with the travel stuff. Um, and then in terms, in terms of charity, um, the one thing I know you alluded to, alluded to it, Robert, at the beginning, a lot of guys, you know, and, like, you know, I'm on the boards of charities. I've donated millions of dollars to charity. I'm, you know, very active in the scene and on boards and whatnot. And, you know, you know, I, I give scholarships every year to UBC students and, and, you know, who are interested in capital markets or venture capital or, or entrepreneurship. Um, but the one thing I, I will say is like, you know, some of my friends and some of the people that I meet in the charity circles, you'll see them start to kind of give back at, 60, 70, 80 years old. Um, and again, it, everyone's different, so it might be a situation of circumstance where they didn't have enough money to give back earlier and now they now have enough opportunity to give back. Or if it's like, holy cow, like I'm on death's bed, like I can't die with this, so I may as well give it away. And so me being 36 years old now and then, you know me being very active in that scene, what I'm actually looking to do and achieve, and, and we'll see how it goes, I've actually got such a big early head start on this that I think if I can really push this, really give back at an early age, I don't know what's actually going to you know unfold and you know be able to be possible when I'm actually you know at some of those typical ages where you, you see some of these people really start to give back. So I'm, I'm actually very excited about that and, and we'll see how that uh, unfolds. Okay, do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia? Um, yeah, I mean, and I'll keep it very simple um you know just just be passionate and so just be passionate about what you're doing um because all else equal um if you're not passionate in what you're doing you're never gonna do that good of a job relative to the the man or woman who is passionate about what they're doing and if, if you really do it right um it doesn't become work anymore you've got so much passion and so again that could be you know being a realtor, you want to out, you know, you want to sell X many homes. If you want to be, again, if you have a lemonade stand, or if you have a, you know, if you have a woman's skincare line that you want to get into, uh, L'Oreal, just be passionate about what it is that you're looking to do. The money is secondary. The money will always come as long as you're passionate about what you're doing. The money will always, always come. And so, what I've seen and, and advice that's been given to me is like, don't chase the money. Just chase what you're actually passionate about. And the money will follow you. Money always you. comes. Money always comes. Money always comes. If you're passionate and you actually want to make the money, the money will come. Just be passionate about what you're looking to do. Okay. Okay, Justice, are you ready to have some fun? <laughs> I thought we were having fun. This we're oh, we're, we're going to have more fun now. Trust me. <laughs> okay. We're going to have a lot okay, of fun let now. Know. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> so as we've been talking about, entrepreneurs are very connected people. You, you're on your iPhone a lot. You travel a lot. You're always connected. But we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm actually already nervous just thinking about it because I am so tied into my phone, uh, fortunately or, or well, unfortunately. You can, take your, you can take your phone there. There's just no internet. Oh, there's no internet. Okay, great. Yeah, you can so, take your phone with you, yeah. Just, <laughs> you're not going to be able to connect to anything. <laughs> so I think that the simple answer is uh, I probably wouldn't last months or maybe not even weeks. Um, 
I what I would try and do, and, and again, I'm very tied into you know the internet. I think we all are, you know, in this day and age. Um, again, so what I would try and do is, is I try and be present in the situation. And so the one travesty in being so connected, obviously, information, business, success—it's all you know, access to information. It's all readily available now. Um, but what we're losing, or what we've lost, is actually that kind of commodity, you know, the the the, the in-person recognition of, of other people there, whether it's, you know, having a conversation with like the barista at, at the, you know, Tiki bar or Starbucks in, in Fiji or, um, you know, the person working at the hotel or just sitting back and admiring the landscape or the architecture. And then, you know, if you walk in any big city around the world, which I do frequently, you, what you see now is people and, and not even big cities. I mean, you know, beach places like Fiji, everyone's stuck on their phones and everyone's so consumed on what else is going on. And so they actually stop, being present. I watched this show actually um, a little while ago. It was Anderson Cooper on CNN. And so he, I think, suffers from the same ailment that I do, that you're so dialed into the you know, connectivity, etc. And so the, the, basically the thing was he checked into this like wilderness retreat thing. I think it was outside of San Francisco with other Fortune 50 or like executive people that, again, were, were too dialed into their internet. And so what, what you'd see when you watch that program was um, for the first little bit, everyone had so much anxiety. They really wanted to go check their phones, and then they, you know it was almost distracting and, and debilitating for a point in time. But as soon as that overcame, you know, the next day, they actually had great conversations. They saw things that they didn't see, you know, previously. Like I've got this one thing as well, um, just to elaborate on that. Where you know I go for dinner with a group of friends, and so generally, if you're at the dinner table with me, I'll, I'll be on my phone some of the times, not all the time. But my group of friends, what we'll do is we'll all throw our phones in the middle of the table, like in this bucket or wherever they give us. And the first person that actually reaches for their phone, you know, throughout the course of dinner, they actually have to pay the bill. And so, um, sorry, I'm kind of going on here, but um, has it you know, worked? I guess has, has it worked? Has someone I picked think, up their phone I, and paid the bill? Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to bite, so someone's obviously got to go first. It's always a big bill, but um, you know, I. I, you know, when I'm on an airplane, for example, like if, you know, some of the flights to Europe and even Toronto, for that matter, don't actually have Wi-Fi, you know, first it is kind of uneasy because you actually want to get work done. You're like, oh, no, I'm offline for X amount of period. But after that actually passes, you're like, oh, wow, like, let me enjoy this movie. Let me enjoy this glass of wine. Let me think about the week that's to come. Let me think about my day. Let me think about the relationships that are important to me. So I think in this scenario in, in, in Fiji or, or wherever, I would try my absolute best just to enjoy the beauty around me and take that all in before I'd make that call from the payphone to, to get me off that island. Okay, great. Justice, how can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Uh, no, I don't think so. I just I think everyone's you know got the individual you know capability to you know believe in themselves, be confident. It's not always easy to be confident in whatever it is that you're looking to do. I know this is obviously an entrepreneurial podcast. I've you know I'm not necessarily an expert in every single thing, but I've developed a very good practice. I've I've learned a lot. Um, I'm always looking to help and, and grow people, whether that's in their business side, capital-wise, or, or mentorship. I mean, anything across the board. I, I love building things, and I love th- seeing things, you know, being successful. I, I do appreciate, you know, Robert, for, for you having me on the program. I think it's excellent. I've listened to many other podcasts. It's great work what you've been able to put together. Thank and, you. and again, thank thank you for having me on the program. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Amazing. Thanks, Robert. Great. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. 
We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.